This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. I was trying to get an idea. I want them dead presidents. I want to pull up. Head spin. Get it, get flat. I got six jobs. I don't get it. And we are still, still, still not tired on this week's episode of Too Bad Hombres. It is episode number 101. Because last week was 100, so I know it is 101. I am your host, Vito Hiranimo Chirk, along with my usual sidekick and broadcast partner and fun. That is Doc from Doc and Jock. John Charles McElroon. John, how are you doing, man? Vito, welcome to the weekend. I hope you had a solid week. I know I did. Thank goodness the holiday time is here upon us. We can kind of slow things down for me at work. Obviously, the Podcast Network had a great 2018. Looking forward to an awesome 2019. I always enjoy checking in on you and what you're doing over the course of the weekend. I noticed you were a little bit quiet online, so I'm like, oh, Vito must be going out, having a good time, and we'll definitely recap your weekend. We'll talk about some big news and notes regarding the world uh, out there and you know something that definitely went viral in terms of news, in terms of parenting, and obviously me being a parenting expert. I know I want to weigh in on if a dad should have maybe made his discipline of his daughter public, and also some things that I kind of observed my last time going to church I want to bring up, too, because it made me think— When's the last think, time you went to church, by the way? I've Recently? been going to church now every single Sunday. Okay, I cool. put the girls in catechism. I want to instill a moral compass in them, so I definitely nice. take the girls to church. But something happened that was unusual, and it kind of made me start thinking when I was driving home one day about— the level of charity that some people have and what I've done this year. I definitely want to bring up how my actions have been this year in terms of my charitable giving. And we have another great guest. The, the best part about doing this podcast is the ability to talk to great guests. And throughout the course of the podcast, Seggy of the band Straight No Chaser, he's been in the mix debating sports with us on his Twitter profile at SNC Seggy. It says, singer in the acapella group Straight No Chaser. The band's going to perform at the Fox Theater this upcoming Wednesday, the 19th, 8 p.m., tickets are available at sncmusic.com, Ticketmaster, or at the Fox Theater. It'll be a great performance, one in which I'll check out. So I'm looking forward to that interview. We'll dial him up, and we'll talk about sports. We'll talk about touring. Him and a band member were recently on the Adam Carolla podcast, was on the Today Show. So I'm definitely looking forward to talking to Seggy, a longtime fan of the podcast, and I'm looking forward to this podcast recording. Sir, let's dial up Seggy of Straight No Chaser and talk to him right now. Vito, we're lucky when we podcast to find great supporters of the network and the Twitter page. Seggy of the acapella group Straight No Chaser has been messaging us, talking sports, debating uh, all things Detroit sports for the better part of a couple years. And it's always fun to debate sports and have supporters that like what we do. And it's a privilege and an honor to have Seggy of the acapella group Straight No Chaser on the line. You can follow Seggy on Twitter at SNC. Seggy, the group is coming to the Fox Theater this Wednesday, the 19th of December. You can get tickets at SNCmusic.com. We're lucky to have Seggy on the phone line right now. How have things been going? You guys have been touring, doing a lot of great things on the road with the group. In the latter part of December and starting to uh, ramp up all the media today in Boston, and we had a bunch of radio here, but... The one I've been most looking forward to, obviously, Detroit Sports Podcast, uh, you know, hits hits a little closer to home than than all the other ones that we've been doing, and it's uh, it's more personal for me. 
And, you know, it's great to just be able to connect with, uh, you know, people in our area and kind of introduce Straight No Chaser to, to a whole new audience that probably has zero clue who we are. So tell our audience a little bit about the band, how it came together, and what this year of touring has been like for you guys. Sure. So Straight No Chaser is an acapella group. Acapella meaning we don't use instruments, we just sing. Uh, we started back at Indiana University. And, you know, back when we started at school, the literally the only goal was to uh, sing for chicks. So, um, <laughs> you know, that that worked. <laughs> you know, none of us were uh, good enough to be on the basketball team. So uh, we did the next best thing. We started singing and, uh, you know, the sororities started opening their doors and uh, asking us to come perform for different events uh, of theirs. But, you know, when we graduated, the group was left at the school as kind of a legacy group. And, and there really wasn't any intention of making that the, the group anything more than that. So we had a 10-year reunion of the group back in 2006. And, um, you know, that was right about when uh, YouTube started to become like an actual thing. Still wasn't too many people on there yet. So we posted some videos on YouTube just kind of for us to pass around and reminisce, you know, like a couple of the guys, you know, we were all obviously much younger and thinner and had a lot more hair and all that stuff. So it was more for uh, us to reminisce. But one of the videos of the 12 Days of Christmas started to gain some steam in 2007 and ended up uh, becoming the most viral video of the year 2007. So this is pre-Bieber, which is good for us. Um, and, you know, one, one of the guys that caught the video was the uh, CEO of Atlantic Records, Craig Kalman. He gave us a call and was like, hey, I want to I bring you guys in and see what you're all about. And you know, our answer was, yeah, great, but, you know, we're not singing anymore together. We're not, you know, we're all over the country scattered doing different jobs. Some guys are married already, got some kids. So, you know, it was, it was kind of a big deal to, to us because kind of had to just jump in with both feet. You know, we all quit our jobs. Uh, you know, we signed the deal and we've been touring and recording ever since. We're on our seventh full length album. Our newest one is called One Shot, available everywhere. But, you know, when people think about acapella, they see all like the pitch perfect stuff and they see, you know, the movies like uh, The Breakup with uh, with um, Vince Vaughn and the and the hilarious acapella group that Jennifer Anderson's brother's in. Uh, you got Andy Bernard on The Office. These portrayals of acapella are super like nerdy and that's not really what we're about we're we're trying to bring that rat pack swagger to a genre that's just been notoriously nerdy and stuffy and boring um you know when you come see our show it's not just stand and sing it's it's kind of a variety show where there's a lot of humor there's there's video there's so much more going on than just just acapella so that's that's what i like to tell people you know people in our audience from Anywhere from four years old to to even over a hundred, we have some fans that are that are up there. But everything in between, there's something for everybody. It's a family friendly show, um, but you know we we span every genre of music, uh, decades of music. So there's something for everybody. Straight no chaser. I love the name Vito Churkler. I just love that name, Seggy. Where did that name come from, by the way? You know, I mean, you got a bunch of college dudes and Straight No Chaser obviously has that drinking connotation, but it, it has other meanings too. It's, you know, you're getting the vocals straight with No Chaser, no background band, 
no auto tune, no backing tracks. You know, a lot of times when you go see these, you know, touring acts, you're hearing a lot of tracks and not so much live singing. At our show, it's everything is 100% live. There's no tracks whatsoever. The percussion is all live. Everything is live. You know, you'll hear some you'll hear some bad singing at times. <laughs> you'll hear some sour chords, but you know that's what that's what live music is about. It's about the it's about that live experience, hearing those wrong notes, hearing you know that they're actually doing this live. There's no auto tune or anything to hide behind. So you're getting a straight note chaser. And you got to be on the Today Show. You met Kathy Lee Gifford, Hoda Kotb, and uh, Kathy Lee's retiring now. I don't know if that was because of you guys being on the show, but I heard she's going out in 2019. Anyways, what was it like meeting those two on the Today Show? So we've been doing the Today Show for 10 years now, and those two have always been super warm and friendly to us. Uh, you know, even off camera, they, you know, they come and talk to us and they ask how things are going. So they're very genuine, down to earth. Um, and, you know, we got to meet the, the dudes from the Property Brothers. and Those guys were super nice, obviously Canadian, so that explains that. But uh, it's a lot of fun being on those shows, uh, even though we got to get up at around 5 a.m. To, to get in there and start sound checking. Now, it's always interesting when we talk to musicians and band members and things like that. What's it like on the road to tour? Because obviously Vito and I, we're more homebodies. We, we work here in the Metro Detroit area. We handle our business work here in the Metro Detroit area. Musicians have it a little bit different where one day you're in California, the next day you're in New York, you're touring all over the place. What's it like to live a life on the road when you're touring. It's great. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, you know, you get to sleep a lot more when you're on the road. Obviously all, all of us are, are now married and have kids. So when we're at home, it's, it's a whole nother ball game, but on the road, you kind of get in your routine. You know, you wake up in a new city every day. Uh, first things first, you find a gym, you hit that gym, come back, have lunch, and you just kind of start going through your day, you know, look over some, some notes from the show before, start watching some Netflix, catch up on, on TV shows and movies, emails, all that kind of fun stuff. Sound check at five, start doing meet and greets around six 30 and then the show at seven 30 or eight. It's kind of, it's a little bit like groundhog day, but it's, you know, it's our routine. And once you kind of get into a rhythm, it's, it's pretty easy going. What are some of your favorite towns to perform in? It's, it's so random where we have these pockets of like, unbelievable support uh for for whatever reason uh the state of pennsylvania is always great for us um you know out west in seattle portland um you know down in florida you got austin texas dallas it's it's pretty amazing for me obviously the biggest highlight is coming home to detroit i mean it's just a dream come true every time every time i get to set foot on that stage at the fox it's it's very surreal and it's it's a very cool moment to look out and see all my family and friends in the audience, you know, all my music teachers throughout the years, you know, and it's, and it's really because of all of them that I'm actually in this place that I'm at. So it's, it's nice to, to be able to be up there and be like, see, you know, you do have students that, that listen to what you're teaching and, and they put it into practice. And hopefully I'm a proof of that for some of them. We have Seggy of Straight No Chaser, the acapella group. They're going to perform this Wednesday, the 19th, at the Fox Theater. You can get tickets at sncmusic.com. Now, you spoke on it. You were obviously in music classes, and you had mentors. Speak on someone that definitely was an influence on you as a youngster. Who helped you get to become the musician that you are today? Oh, man. I mean, that list is long. I mean, started in kindergarten with uh, my music teacher, Phillips. Uh, he 
he was the first person to be like, Hey, you've, you've got a really nice voice. You know, you might want to think about taking lessons and, you know, kind of sharpening this tool you got. And, you know, he pulled my parents aside and kind of told them the same. And, you know, luckily my parents were, were very supportive and, and started putting me on the track to, to become a better musician by getting me into private lessons. And then as I got a little bit older, I got into band and I've, I've had incredible band directors, uh, Mr. Milch at Lamphere. And then when I moved to Rochester, uh, Mr. Toma at Rochester, but my choir teachers along the way, you know, Miss Hindelang was unbelievably supportive. We actually had this trio uh, outside of school that she used to manage for us. And we would sing at Tigers games, Pistons games, uh, Detroit Rockers games, the Neon, the Detroit Neon games. We'd sing the anthem at all these different events and do all these private shows for different clubs and whatnot around Metro Detroit. Uh, and she would drive us around, lugging around a big piano, all the sound equipment. And, you know, it's, it's people like that that really, you know, go the extra mile with their students that really have that lasting impact. And, you know, when you believe in a student at that age, it's, it's really important, you know, and that was when I was kind of coming into my own, figuring out what I was going to do after high school, after, you know, what I was going to study in college. And this, these were all the things that pushed me in that direction. And I, and I never would have chosen that direction if not for all those different people. Before doing a live set at the Fox, on the Today Show, on the Adam Carolla Show, uh, whatever it may be, what are the emotions running through your body? You know, we've been doing this for so long that there's not really any nerves. Um, you know, obviously, when you get on national TV, you just you don't want to look stupid. So you're making sure your fly is up, your shirt's tucked <laughs> in, your tie is straight, your hair is done. But, um, you know, it's just it's it's another performance. And, you know, we take our craft very seriously. So. You know, we're up super early, getting warmed up, making sure we're ready for that hit. Uh, but really, you're just trying to kind of convey to the camera that it's it's fun. You know, we're we're still having fun at 5 a.m. singing, singing at 5 a.m. after a four show weekend. We're still having fun, and you know, we want people watching to really know that and feel that. So it's really just about trying to connect with what you can't even see. Hopefully, people are receiving it on the other end. You can follow Seggy on Twitter at SNC Seggy. You can follow the group Straight No Chaser at SNC Music. Now it says on your profile you're a diehard Detroit sports fan. What sports did you grow up following? Who are your favorite teams in the Metro Detroit area? You know, obviously, grew up following all the four major Detroit teams: Tigers, Pistons, Wings, and Lions. Um, you know, growing up, I was a Michigan Wolverines fan, and obviously, I went to Indiana, so I had to let go of that that fandom to Michigan and put that behind me. I'm a Hoosier now, um, you know, but in that whole Michigan, Michigan state rivalry, I kind of lean Michigan state. Now uh, I had a lot more friends. I went to state and it just, uh, the fans of Michigan state are a little more, I don't know. You can get behind those guys a little bit better. Um, but honestly, all big four uh, for better or worse, diehard Lions fan. It's painful, but, you know, I got a son now, and, and unfortunately I'm going to have to pass down that fandom to him, and <laughs> hopefully they do better in his lifetime than they have in mine. But, uh, you know, you live and die with your teams, and uh, you know, ride or die with Detroit all day. Now, very interesting. There's been a documentary, I don't know if you've seen uh, recently, it's called Heart of a Lions Fan, and the premise was this guy has a young son, and he's trying to debate should he let 
his son be a fan of the Detroit Lions. And you know the suffering. You follow us. You hear us rant and rave about the Lions and their lack of success. Why, when you look at it, why let your child be a fan of the Lions? When you really realize it, you know, the hope is dwindling among a lot of fans that there's going to ever be any success with the Lions. They got a quarterback that's been here a decade, and you wouldn't even start him if it was a one-and-done game. You would go with Andrew Luck out there from Indianapolis. Why would you want to pass down the hurt to uh, to your offspring? Why not go with maybe the Colts or the 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 Steelers or another team? You know what? Sell me on st- be, still being a Lions fan. I think it's a rite of passage. You know, I think growing up in the Detroit area, it's you know we're we're blue collar town. We're tough. It's Detroit versus everybody. I think it's a rite of passage being a Lions fan. You know, it's painful, man. It is so painful being a Lions fan. But I, I'm a firm believer that you got to root for your hometown team uh, and you got to root for your dad's team. You know, if if I would have be if I'd be living somewhere else, uh, you know, we re- recently moved back to the Detroit area from LA, and even if you know, even if I was still in LA and my son was growing up, he'd be a Lions fan. He would not be a Rams fan. Um, well, at least I would try to pass down that thing. But I think it's a rite of passage. I know that there are obviously other teams out there that are doing better and historically have always done better and probably will do better in the future. But, you know, the Lions are, are what we got. They're our team. And, you know, we just got to support them, I guess. <laughs> okay. One last note in terms of sports. The big thing, obviously, in town, if you pay attention, with all the teams is the notion of tanking. The notion of like, look, lose out, try and get better draft picks, whether it be, you know, the Red Wings maybe losing for Hughes or the Pistons tanking so they can get better talent or the Lions, you know, basically winning a meaningless game. The fans right now, the big debate in Detroit sports is, do you actually go out there and try to win or do you, as an organization, do you believe in tanking to just try when you recognize that your team's not that good to just go out there and lose and try and build the team through the draft by getting the highest quality player that you can get through the draft are you a fan of tanking or do you say you know what i just gotta make sure i ride or die with these teams and whenever they eventually build up talent they'll they'll win i think it's situational i think a te- like a lions team like we have this year uh, them winning any more games this season is is baffling i don't know why they would do that i mean this was the first day in a while that i was frustrated with the team for winning you know it's this isn't a team that could get into the playoffs and maybe catch some heat, make some noise. This isn't a team that's going to compete at that level. So it doesn't make sense to to pick up more wins and just fall further down in the draft. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm the Lions, I'm I'm tanking. However, you got these players that have all sorts of different incentives built into the contract. And you know, at this point obviously that's what they're going to play for. So it's it's tough to tell these kids, we got like 22, 23, 24 year old dudes out there, it's like, hey, you score X amount of touchdowns, you get another 500,000, you get another 100,000, whatever it is. That means the team is going to end up winning a few games. That's going to happen. And, you know, I understand that they're going to be trying to do that. But, you know, at the same time, it's it doesn't make sense for us to fall out of the top 10 uh, in the draft because, you know, we do, we do lack a lot of talent in a lot of major areas. So it'd be nice to, you know, get going. You know, I feel like Quinn has done a pretty good job in the draft. You know, the more picks he has and the, the higher the picks he has, he can, you know, continue that trend. So I'd like to see him uh, with a higher draft pick this year. 
but you know the Pistons. You know the Pistons can hang. You know I, I feel like the Pistons can, can get in the playoffs and, and win a series. You know I think that's possible right now. They're kind of down, not playing very well. But it's again the whole situation. Like the Lions, I don't think can compete at that level. I think the Pistons in the East. I mean the East is kind of weak. You know you never know. And then you know the Wings are right now kind of floundering a little bit. I mean they just won their last game, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough one with the whole tanking thing because you you want them to win, but you also want them to have the best opportunity to become better. And I think that's, you know, obviously through the draft. We've had the privilege of talking with Segi of the Acapella Group Straight No Chaser. Again, they're performing this Wednesday, the 19th at the Fox Theater. Check them out, sncmusic.com. Hometown guys delivering good. It's going to be a great performance. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, always enjoy those that message us. And you've reached out to us for the better part now of a couple of years. And I always enjoy when you do reach out to us on our Twitter page. Best of luck in the future. Great performances. And we look forward to talking again down the line. Sounds good, man. I really appreciate it. No problem, Seggy. Take care. We'll talk soon. Thank you, man. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. You too. Great stuff there from Seggy. Always enjoy talking to the fans, someone that's been touring, and it's really interesting in that there are always people that want to continue the legacy of suffering being a Lions fan. Now, I'm the same way. I'm not going to abandon ship. I'm not going anywhere. Seggy's a great guy. Always gets in the mix, messages us, and things like that. So definitely go support the hometown group, the acapella group, straight no chaser coming to town. What do you think, Vito? Well, should we have asked him to take us home with Merry Christmas and Church Sports <laughs> Podcast? I actually thought of that. Oh. Almost left it in there at the very end, but I know you were wrapping things up with them, so... But it's all good stuff. could be something good for the future, right? Let him sing. I want to check out the pipes. Now, I know we could just check out his videos and his stuff at the Fox when you go and see him on the 19th. So should be fun for you and your wife. You want to go with your wife, right, for that as well. Definitely. I'll be in attendance at the Fox Theater checking out the group. So let's take a break. We'll come back, and we'll hit the hot-button topics for this week's episode of Two Bad Hombres. And, Doc, as you know, just like Tigers Talk, this episode of Two Bad Hombres is sponsored by our newest partner at the Detroit Sports Podcast Network, and the Legacy Football Organization, which was founded in 2009. And it is a premier off-season development program in the state of Michigan, in the Midwest, and the entire U.S. of A. It provides unique platforms on and off the field for student-athletes through community service, social awareness, education, and football. And remember, Legacy Football features a ton of former pros and collegiate stars on its staff, such as former Lions wide receiver and legendary Lions wide receiver Herman Moore. And to find out more about the Legacy Football Organization and all of the events they are bringing to our state until the end of this year and into the new year, please contact National Director of Football Operations, Justin Sassante, or go online to www.legacyfootballorg.com. And to our other fine sponsor now of Two Bad Hombres in Top Cat Sales. And since 1999, Top Cat Sales, founded and owned by John Wangler, the former U of M Rosewell winning quarterback, has developed tons of great relationships and partnerships with high schools and many different entities, including small businesses and corporations throughout the state of Michigan and throughout the Midwest. So if you are looking for apparel for your club sports team, for your grade school, your middle school, your high school, your college, your small business or corporation, then look no further than Top Cat Sales. And once again, Top Cat has developed a tradition of selling and distributing apparel with the very highest quality and the very best service with apparel brands such as the Three Stripe Life brand, 
Adidas. So get your team or business all in with TopCat Monday through Friday by calling TopCat Sales at 248-246-1054. Remember the phone number once again for TopCat Sales is area code 248-246-1054. And you can follow TopCat Sales on Twitter at Team TopCat. And back here on episode 101 of Two Bad Hombres, I am Vito Chirko. That is Dr. Doc and Jock. And John handled much of the interview duties there with Segi of SNC. That is Straight No Chase for the Acapella Group, which is performing at the Fox on December 19th. That will be fun for you and your wife to check out, definitely. And we have a lot of topics to dissect here in the second half of this week's episode. And most notably, the dad that found out about his daughter bullying and then taught her a lesson and taught her a big-time lesson, in my opinion, by making her walk to school because of that doc and our twitter feed at detroit podcast at two bad hombres a twitter feed and handle for two bad hombres uh blew up it definitely blew up and a lot of people chimed in gave their opinion on whether or not it was fair or wrong of the dad to do that to his daughter to make her walk all of that way while recording her as well on a video and it's a video that subsequently went viral and we posted the video on our twitter handle at Two Bad Hombres for this podcast once again, and at Detroit Podcast for the DSP Network. And got a lot of a reaction, Doc. And what is your stance on what that father did to his daughter? Okay, so for those that have not seen the video, it was posted. It went viral. What happened was his daughter got kicked off the school bus because she was bullying, and he wanted to send her a message. So she had thought that, okay, I got in trouble, so I got to have my dad drive me to school and uh, no longer take the bus. Well, dad said, uh-uh. Not going to happen. You're going to act like this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you walk five miles and I'm going to make you uh, walk to school a long way and really understand what you did and how wrong bullying is. So what he did was he videotaped her. He's driving behind her, obviously. He's videotaping his daughter. You never see her face. And he's narrating saying that, look, I'm not going to let this happen. This is what I got to do. Now, in theory, I agree with what he did. Okay, you got to have consequences for what you do. You can't act a certain way as a kid, and bullying, especially in 2018, is definitely wrong because you can affect someone's feelings. You can affect someone definitely in a negative way. Now, the problem I had was why go out there and videotape it and share it with the world? Because of the fact that she is 10 years old, it's delicate, I don't think you need to be nationally embarrassed. Now, would you videotape it and show it to maybe her friends and maybe the school or maybe someone locally? I could be okay with that, but to tape it and to, you know, post it on YouTube on such a public platform, I'm not down for that. I just think that it's attention seeking. And really, what's the question you got to ask? Is this wrong or are you seeking validation? You know, I do think that a lot of people did support the dad in doing it, but those that messaged us on our Twitter platform at Two Bad Hombres and at Detroit Podcast, those that were not in agreement, they said, look, why videotape it? I think most people were in agreement that dad should have done that. It's no big deal. He was there walking along the whole way, so there's no real violation there. Most people that messaged that were against this were highly opposed to the fact that um, it was you know, videotaped and then shared nationally so it could go viral. Some people even believe that it was a hoax and not real in nature. So that's my stance on it. Look, you can discipline your kids. You can take some extreme measures to try and get your point across, and I think this kid— if she actually walked the five miles, will never, never bully someone else again because that should be a lesson that should have been taught to her. And by having to walk and suffer a little bit, I think she'll get the message that bullying is wrong. But I think that sometimes 
in this society, people do a lot of stuff for attention. And I know, I'm being a podcaster. Well, you do it via the but, DSP Twitter handle, Happy Troy Podcast. But I do it in the world of sports. It's channeled uh-huh. for that. I do give some counsel here and there on certain things that I find funny and things like that. I don't try to do a whole heck of a lot of social commentary, but I think the dad making the daughter walk to school for bullying was not wrong. Just maybe didn't have to videotape everything because it sets a bad precedent. What'd you well, think? Well, if you she bullies again, then, uh, God, what do you do then? Doc, what do you do then as a psychologist, as a father yourself of two daughters? What would you do to your daughter if you found out she's bullying again on the bus or, you know, in the classroom at school? What do you do then? I mean, I don't know. It's a big question because I don't know what you would do as a father. I don't have any experience being a psychologist and dissecting people and their psyches and psychoanalyzing them and and then having kids. Well, you have kids, so I wouldn't have any idea. But my stance is, I think it's kind of similar to yours, my stance on it. It is that, why video record it? What was the point of that? Then posting it on Twitter to have you blow up in your profile and to get some national recognition and attention on Twitter and on these world news programs like ABC World News, NBC's nightly news program of Lester Holt, having David Mira on channel, you know, on ABC talk about you during his world news show. I mean, what's the point of video recording it? And why use that to teach her then to why not just have her walk all of those miles to school while you're trailing her behind her? Why put that on Twitter then? Have this video that spreads like wildfire and goes viral. So I don't think that aspect was necessary. That's where I find some fault in the father and what he did handling that bullying issue with his daughter. But should he have made her walk that far distance to school? Yes, sir. Absolutely, in my opinion, because I think that's the best way to approach it, to teach your daughter to have that message, well, glued inside her head and to really get it across to her. So for me... I get why he would do that to her. And then because he was trailing her, he was watching her. It's not like he allowed her to walk all that distance without being there behind her all of that way. So if something would have happened to his daughter, he's right there to take action. I just don't like the video recording aspect of it. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things that people are opposed to. And so a lot of people that messaged could relate to this, that they were you know, having to walk and they would face uh, punishments. And a lot of people said that you know kids today are soft. And they were in agreement with the measures that he took to get his daughter to behave. Now, if she continues to have problems, obviously she, he, the dad can advocate and maybe get her some counseling, some teacher social skills. And w- what I think naturally happens is a, a person that bullies doesn't have friends. And you always want to teach the kid that, you know, if you want to, you know, maintain good social relationships and you want to have friends, that bullying is absolutely wrong. And some people, though, what do you make of those that said that? Well, maybe this girl acts this way because maybe she's facing some bad parenting at home already that kids that are parented well uh, don't typically bully other kids. Do you think that dad is, you know, do you have room to judge him as a dad? Because if if the kid's bullying, maybe they're being bullied by somebody else, maybe at home, if the dad is willing to take on such great measures like this as a way of discipline. So maybe he's a bully inside the house with her, right, and how he handles things with her. And maybe, yeah, does bully her and— talks to her in a berating fashion, right, and treats her horribly. Thing is, we don't know the true story about anybody unless we're there, right, inside the household with them. We don't know anybody and what they do. Our work colleagues after 5 o'clock when we leave work and what they do behind closed doors inside their own homes, we don't know what kind of fathers and mothers they are and daughters and sons they are, right? So we can't judge anybody. We truly can't until we know the full story. So realistically, judging this father and now accusing him of being this guy that's a bully inside his household with his daughter, that's erroneous of us to do as well. So I wouldn't do that. I don't think it's appropriate to do that to this father too, Doc. Okay. Um, All in all, do you think that, you know, measures like this should be taken by parents 
uh, to make your kid walk that lo- that long of a distance. Five miles was interesting to me too. Five yeah. miles is so a long, long distance. Way. Would you have allowed either or both of your daughters to do that? I don't see you allowing your daughters to do that because I don't think you're that harsh on them. Yeah, no, right? I'm not, no to I'm make not them that. do that. No, I would say maybe a mile. Yeah, first mile. I teach them a lesson, and that less that lesson could be taught within a mile. Right, I would think too. So maybe going the full five miles and a little bit stretching it and too much, but still, I get it. Where as a father, as a parent, you better teach your kids lessons growing up, and that's the way to definitely instill a lesson into the head of your kid. So I would think that daughter rectifies her ways now and isn't a bully inside the bus or on the playground at school. That's how I look at it. Why do you think those that commented and were like way too harsh? Do you think that they? maybe felt like the dad should have just took her aside. There were a handful of people that were just opposed altogether to it in that they felt like that uh, it was totally wrong of the dad to make the daughter walk. It was cold outside, that this really wouldn't teach a kid a lesson. It would just teach the kid to be resentful and frustrated and that this wasn't the best way to handle a kid that was bullying. What do you make of those that say that? He was trailing her the whole entire way as she was making that walk to school. And that she's a young girl. She's in shape. Get some exercise. Get her outside. It's a way of getting her outside during the winter when the temps are cold. And once again, that might sound harsh, but the father was there anyways all of that time, trailing her the whole entire time to make sure nothing erroneous happened to his daughter. So for me, I don't find much fault with this incident outside of the fact that it was recorded by the father. I don't think he needed to go that far and do that to his daughter. Have you ever faced discipline by your mom and dad for some nonsense that you did at uh, De La Salle? I hear the school's got an interesting reputation. For yeah, the you've there. told me about the reputation. I've seen, I've heard stuff. I've seen it live inside the classrooms of De La Salle. But anyways, disciplining for my mom and dad, they were harsh on me growing up, man. And they would discipline us. They would yell at us. Trust me. My mom would scream and she would yell and cuss. Oh, yeah, she would drop some expletives. She would. My dad would never cuss. So it's kind of funny. The man of the household, my dad would never cuss. My mom would and actively did, even as we were growing up. So we heard a lot of swear words by the age of 10, I would say, that a lot of other kids didn't hear. But I think it taught us discipline and taught us to behave in the proper manner on a consistent day-to-day basis, whether we were at school without them there or inside the household or at a family event with them there. So I think we're better off now because of my parents and their upbringing and how they disciplined us. When we acted up, trust me, we knew we acted up. My mom and dad, they informed us of just that. Okay, a couple of responses that came to us via our Twitter platform at Detroit Podcast and at Too Bad Ombres. John Castellanos came in and said, you're a good man. I can understand the punishment and you are correct. The things we do for our children is a privilege and not a right. Combat tweets us, dude. Kids walk to school every day. How is this punishment? Jason DeRosa, great message. Would watch this any day over another story about a young child committing suicide over bullying. The message is clear and simple. Ben B3, right. Bullying is unacceptable. BT gets in. Great job, brother. Good teaching lesson. Stephen Williams, parent of the year. Hashtag old school love. Now, to look at a couple that were not on the side of dad, Gerald A. Johnson gets in. Maybe it's just me, and with respect to the father and his household, but this looks like bullying on the dad's part. Another method, take away a phone, a privilege, even have his daughter speak with victims of bullying the way courts send people with DUIs to the morgue. Counseling. At Tall Teague gets in. Why is he videotaping her and sharing it on social media? Why not just do it, perhaps teaching her a lesson, but totally wrong 
for making it a PSA. And so that's the dissent that people had is that that's kind of the nature of some of the uh, messages that we got is that they were either for it or against it or for it, but maybe opposed to the taping of it and shared nationally. Yeah, why post it on social media? And I loved, nobody saw this besides for me, but you put on your glasses to view those tweets. Now, why is that, Mr. John Macaroon? Well, Vito, if you How noticed, old are you? I'm, uh, I'm not going to bully you, though. I don't want to sound like I'm bullying you, by the way, for wearing your glasses, which I wear, by the way, too. Well, it shows that you're not really observant in that, okay, I was playing with my daughter, and these glasses that I, that I wear— No, you wear them actually actively. You do, yes, right? Uh, are five years old. They disintegrated. And so if you look here, the thing is broken off to the side. It's got one, uh, one holder here, one uh, thing. Oops. Your daughter did <clears> it. So too. the glasses are broke, ah. and so I have to uh, kind of drive with them and I have to be able to see. But I have to wait a week or two. I got new glasses coming in, so I will have new glasses. So it sucks. I was upset, but I, I can um, put them on, as you saw, to read and things like that. My vision's a little bit blurry as we're recording, but... Can you see me right now across from you in yes, the studio? I can see you. You can see me in my new haircut. Yeah, Did you notice a new haircut? No. No, you didn't notice it. I knew you didn't notice it. You're Anyways. You're still ugly as ever. <laughs> see, thank you. Appreciate that. With or without the glasses. I love that. So, so final verdict. Definitely handle your business. Make good parenting choices. Just don't share everything. Yeah. Definitely don't share everything. So it sounds like you had a good weekend. I saw that you were flirting. Well, you saw me with a woman, and then he thinks I'm flirting. It was a friend of Stephanie Schmeagel, Nick Schmeagel's cousin. I haven't dropped Nick's name in how long now on Two Bad Homebirds. It's been a while. But I guess fitting since we're now into the new, well, 2.0 of Two Bad Hombres, you know, the next 100 episodes. And I got to bring up Nick's name again because I was out and about at Punchbowl Social in lovely Greek town, downtown Detroit, to where everybody was at on Friday night last weekend and celebrating a buddy of ours' birthday. He turned 26. So had to go out, drink, and live it up a little bit. And spent the whole entire night pretty much at Punchbowl Social in Greek town, like I said. Lots to do there. A lot of people to see. A lot of blasts from the past that came and saw us that we haven't seen since high school or hadn't seen in a while. So good catching up with some deal of pilots. And I did post a photo of all of us pilots on my personal Instagram as well, Vito Churko, I think, Vito Jerome. You can find me via that name on Instagram, just like on Twitter. So go check out the photo there and had some good buddies, had some good drinks. I was feeling it, you know, feeling open a little bit by the end of the night. So a little bit lit, but not extremely lit like a Christmas tree. Not going to say that much. But yeah, men and women were there. Uh, everybody, I think, the drinks were flowing and had a ball and a hell of a time last weekend at Punchbowl Social, a place that I recommend to go to as well on a weekend night. How's the love life treating you? Love life is great. Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about that either lately because there really isn't anything to talk about regarding my love life. So, yeah, everything's going great regarding the love life, with that being said. Okay. So you had fun, not too much drinking. You've been having fun. Little bit. Christmas season. How are you with Christmas shopping? Do you get it all done online, or do you uh, wait last minute like me? Well, I've never done Cyber Monday or Black Friday, so and I've delayed it in the past. I'm delaying it again. I'm a last-minute shopper, man. I don't like going to the malls and shopping and taking time out of my busy day, which isn't always busy, especially on the weekends when I do typically do the shopping, when I find some time. I'm just not a big shopper, man. I'm not into it big time. So I'll do it last minute once again like I have in the past for holidays. Okay, so to end the podcast... Uh, Something that happened to me that was interesting was, uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm taking my daughters to church every Sunday, and we go in the morning. So we go an hour earlier to the Mass, and they go to catechism. So they're learning, and they're participating with other kids their age, and my daughter's in the kindergarten catechism class, and my other daughter's in the preschool kindergarten class. But prior to arriving, um, I pull into the parking lot, and it's a church in Warren, and somebody pulled up right next to me. And they rolled down their window, and he's, you know, a middle-aged African-American male, and he comes up to me, and, and uh, he stays in his car, and he asks, he rolls down the window and goes, uh, sorry, I'm trying to get back to Detroit, you got $20. 
And I looked at him and I said, no, sorry, uh, I don't carry cash on me. And then he goes, oh, is the priest here? I said, no, the mass don't start for like a couple hours. I'm just here early. And so then he drove off. And it got me to thinking, this year I've been asked for money about five times, okay, whether I'm at a gas station, whether I'm kind of uh, out and about at a store, uh, leaving a Kroger or things like that. People will just kind of randomly say, hey, can you help me out and things like that. Of the four times, I've only given money to one, and it was a woman at a gas station. And it was prior to a podcast recording. I filled up gas, and this woman, and I kind of maybe felt like I was suckered because she had said that, you know, uh, my son's in the car, and I'm sorry, I need money to do such and such. And I was like, okay. But I could have basically went and looked to see if there was a kid there. But I just gave her a 10 spot and went about my day. So out of the four, uh, three were men, and obviously I've never given money to another dude. But if I'm likely to give money, it's going to be to a female. But a lot of people don't because of the fact that um, people think that they might use the money for dope. And that's been basically yeah, some of for the alcohol, not, yep. you know, nothing for good, right? To help themselves out, actually. Exactly. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, how often do people give money to people? To, because, you know, sometimes on Twitter, we do get asked to repost things, GoFundMes and stuff like that. Some I do, some I don't. But I definitely, definitely want to feel charitable and things like that. But I don't like to give money to gentlemen, especially when they come up to me. I think it's wrong. I think it's silly. Uh, so what's the difference with women? Are you being sexist towards men here? Jen? No. I'm uh, more inclined to be more trustworthy of a woman than, than really? I am a dude. I feel like I'm enabling guys by giving them money. And you just feel so you like, think guys are more likely to use it for dope or gambling or alcohol yeah. than a woman is? Yeah, and, and I feel like for a guy to ask another guy for money is really degrading, and you sh- you, you've got to find a better way to handle yourself. Look, if you're desperate... And you absolutely have to, I, fine, but I just wouldn't resort to that. I think that you got to at least develop a relationship with somebody, one or two people that you could say, hey, can I borrow a 10 spot or 20 bucks or anything like that? Anything over that, I'd never give. A couple of the reactions that we got on Twitter, at MadgeFan73 said, I try to give if I have cash on me, not my place to judge the situation or wonder what they may do with it. Storm Gypsy, help somebody if you can. That's my motto, but if you think... My cash is going to dope. I got nothing for you but food. James writes in, I was probably asked about 15 times for money on my trip to downtown Chicago over the summer. I said no every time, and I felt just fine about it. Wes on Twitter writes us, I've said both. I gave about $2 and change. I felt a little guilty when I said no. I know now what it's like to be that desperate. And the D-line, friends of the podcast, says, many times, yes, a lot. I give money all the time. And so it's kind of a hodgepodge of things and the things that we've talked about as well. But for me, I'm one for four. And definitely for me, I'm not going to give money probably ever to a gentleman that asked me for it. Maybe a woman if I feel like it's you know someone desperate. And the reason is this. And here's my overall philosophy about it. I feel like if you do give somebody money, you are enabling them. I would rather just say, hey, look, what's going on? Maybe interview them a little bit and ask, like, what's the struggle? Is there a program I can direct you to to help you with a job? Or why are you in such financial Uh, struggles or what's the problem? Do you need gas or something like that? And I think that helping somebody is more than just taking money out of your pocket and giving it to them. Sometimes you can educate them or direct them to things that can help them improve their situation and things like that. And there's just, unfortunately, those that are bad, those that take the money and buy dope, unfortunately, make it bad for everybody else. There's too many stories of people on the news where those that have the signs are actually making a boatload of money and they're not even disabled at all. You've seen a lot of videos of guys that have the fake leg and then they, 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 they kind of wait a little bit and then when the, their time is done, they see them put their, you know, they, got, they actually don't have any disability. So those that are corrupt actually make it worse for those. And I'm more inclined to give 
to organizations than to, to random people. How about you? How many times this year do you think you've been asked to give money? Well, see, I don't give money out because I don't have any money myself. I'm the guy that's actually begging for money. Really? <laughs> Could be. Well, you know, my bosses don't pay me anything, so, you know, yeah. something like that. <laughs> right. No, but realistically, I don't think I've been asked numerous times, maybe a couple of times, but you know what's become a trend? It's not giving money to people, John, but it's been giving food or drinks already. Like, you buy the food, and then you just give the food to them when you see these people my wife on the that. side of streets that are begging that. for the money, need yep. the money, are homeless, perhaps. More of that, I think, is becoming a trend than actually giving money out to these people on 8 Mile or 6 Mile or wherever it may be. Why has it got to be 8 Mile? I know, anywhere. That's why I said yep. wherever it may be. Remember that key phrase right so there, So this Doc. year, so in 2018, what you revealed is that you're very cheap, and you don't cheap give no money. Cheap because I'm broke, so I mean, <laughs> I really can't be a guy that's just, you know, giving out money Left and right. But All right, give me your spiel, I, give, uh, I give nice tips now more than I used to. I used to not tip a lot to waiters and waitresses, and that was on me, and I'm fully accountable for that. I'll admit it as I am right, right now on these see, airwaves. Let's see how you do it. Ask me for money and see what I say. John, I've had some struggles of late, man. My mom and dad, they just forced me out of the house. I'm living on the streets, man. I got nothing to buy food with, to do anything with. Would you please have some mercy on me, Big V? Fuck you, asshole. Make some more phone calls. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you call five people a year to get a sponsor. Call 10 people. Call uh, five, ten, no, 500 ten, people. 10 people a year. Hey, call 10 people. 500 people, Vito. 500 get your ass on the phone. And uh, get the, you see that uh, Slurpee cup? Get to shaking because I'm not giving you a goddamn penny. <laughs> Fuck you. Somebody showed up at your front door. John, please. I got nothing. I'm in rags. I got, like, no clothes on. And you would just say a big F you to me. Here's the middle Thank finger. Thank you very much. Fuck you. Learn how to get it. Learn how to work. And that's my attitude about it is that I, I'm... And you would say Happy New Year too at the very end of it, right? And then let exactly. me go my... Exactly. So way. that's how you handle it. You should have somebody else ask for you. Maybe, you know, I'll be, you know what? I'll be honest. The, the young lady that was twirling your hair... Yeah, you would like, yeah, you give money to her. Shoot, she was her, trying to yeah, get a shoot, handout for me. Yeah, have her shoot me a tweet and maybe, you know, somebody will change yeah, that. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> I know it. You'd be more open to giving out some money if she was there. So any woman, you'd just be more open and receptive to a woman 100%. giving money to her than a man. 100%. Yeah, it's just it, gender just equality, man. Exactly. You know anything about that gender equality? Yeah, gender equality. No, I just look <laughs> at it and I go. It was interesting in that I've been asked quite a bit, and sometimes you feel guilty. Sometimes you do want to be charitable, but I just can't uh, slip another dude like a ten spot and be like, okay, go about your merry way. God bless you. Now, sometimes you do pay it forward a little bit. Like if you got like a dollar eighty and change, and you don't want to carry, you just give it to the person behind you. I have no problem with that. Just to, you know, pay it forward, or somebody pays it forward for me at Starbucks. I'll put the five in for somebody else, but. For somebody to walk up to another man and ask is, is degrading, and I don't want to enable somebody to do that. Do you let people keep the change? Like when you pay at a restaurant, you let them keep the change depending no. on how much it is or no? No, hell no. See, I have. Like that for like a little amount, so obviously. I'm not going to say I've left, oh yeah, keep the change, 10 bucks there. I mean like for 25 to 50 cents. You've never done that or you take your change all the time? Take the change, baby. Really? Yeah. Over 25 or 50 cents? See, I, yeah. I'm like, I don't even want the change. I don't want that bothering my, my uh, oh. hip pockets. I don't want those... Take it up space, Not lie, man. I got way too much down here. You see this change? No, I got way too much Look, below Vito. my waist already no. occupying space. Oh, yeah, good. You see this uh, change here? You realize if you put it in a container uh, about oh, the end I know of the year? Saying, I know you're saying. It's about 60 bucks. 60 well, bucks. How much do you think? I would love for you to count it now. You have a thing? The count? A jar? Uh, now it's probably lower because I, I refilled it. Because people say that, but then people don't even follow suit. They say that. They don't hmm. follow through. And nobody puts the change in their jar. And the change has what? Five bucks. Okay, you're five bucks richer than me. That's all right. All right, Vito. That's all right. Good podcast. I enjoyed talking with you. Great talking with Seggy of the band Straight No Chaser. 
Future episodes coming. Look for great guests. I love what we've done this week with the Twitter page and the attention that we got and things like that. You made news on your baseball podcast, kind of talking about Lou Whitaker. So great things ahead for Two Bad Hombres. Uh, again, thanks to those that left voicemails. That was a fun recap. That was fun, yeah. It, it's been a good time recording this podcast, episode 101 in the books. Thanks, everybody. You can follow the network on Twitter at Detroit Podcast. You can follow the, the show site at Two Bad Hombres. And like always, you have 24-hour access to the network, DetroitSportsPodcast.com. Straight, no chaser. Saggy, how do I sound? Please tell me. Adios.